Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I'm very excited to have Cody, Cody Shankman. He's going to introduce himself in a bit, but I'm very excited about this interview because we're going to talk about data. Um, and I know a lot of marketers struggle with the huge amount of data that they have on the one hand. And on the other hand, they all know they should personalize. They have kind of like 30, 40 tools in general in their in their toolbox, but they don't know how to personalize, how to find those segments. And that's something we're going to talk about today with Cody. With that, Cody, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, name's Cody Shankman. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer over at Now Vertical Group. Um, very excited for today's conversation. Absolutely. So so am I. Um, and again, as I said in the intro, you guys are working with marketers that, that have data challenges, that are using data. Um, what is it exactly that you guys do at Now Vertical? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our our, our overarching focus is ultimately about helping organizations make bold decisions with confidence. And what that means, you know, ultimately breaks down industry by industry. But in a marketing context, it's all about building better campaigns, better products, and better process so that you can make sure the work you're doing is actually delivering. And we know that in today's world in particular, you know, budgets are getting tighter. People are finding that they have to really fight for attention spans, especially since um, since COVID's really had such an impact on, we know, streaming behavior and media consumption, it's critical that you don't waste your money with the spray and pray methodology. You need to make sure that you're hyper-focused and hyper-targeted. And the way that that can be done is with really good data inputs, which can lead to really good data outputs, informing smarter creative, smarter media, smarter targeting, and ultimately just a better communications and marketing strategy across the board. And so we're working with companies, agencies, brands of all shapes and sizes across the globe to help them make sure that they are hyper-targeted in a smart, efficient, and effective way and empowering them to do it with the current technology and, and staff that they have on hand. Nice. So that's something that really appeals to me and probably to the listeners as well, that that current stack, because we're not, let's say, waiting or eager to, to buy even more tools and to implement more technologies which need to be integrated afterwards, et cetera. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to find that out later on. Um, I'm, I'm so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're setting the bar up high there because you claim people need to be very targeted. So they need to be hyper-focused, hyper-targeted, targeted, hyper-personalized. And we all know that as marketers, right? We, we, we've just had Black Friday. Um, we've all been to Amazon's website. Uh, we've been to like all kinds of websites that are super personalized and those are the utopias that we all dream of as marketers. So how where, where should marketers start if they want to realize that, that, let's say, personalization dream that they have as well? It's, it really comes down to, I mean, I think we all know this, right? But I would argue that the strategy brief that starts the whole process is critical. And we often take that for granted, right? I think in certain organizations, you'll see a really big focus on it. Um, and I think in theory, people respect the art of the perfect strategy. But when it comes down, you know, to the actual execution, when you're in that push, when you're in that moment, it's hard to take a beat and say, 
am I looking at the right information? Am I, am I talking to the right people? Am I saying it in the right way? And so it's critical that we not only, yes, have the tools that so many of us have already invested in and, and you know, have the internal buy-in across the appropriate stakeholders, but actually are able to execute against it. Because I think so often we look at this gold standard of, um, you know, large, robust analytics groups that can execute in so many different ways. But then when it comes down to budget time, it's really difficult to maintain that full group of data scientists and analysts and, and planners and strategists who are going to dig in and get you that, that gold, that gold, gold standard of strategic input and audience analysis. And so our focus is how do we make that easier, right? How do we make sure that you're finding the right people, that you're speaking to the right ones, that you are truly targeted in there, but in a scalable, executable, and quite frankly, quick way. And so it's about, how, you know, we need to remove those roadblocks essentially to make sure that that, that kind of really strong decision-making can happen quickly and at scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of marketers dream of, right? To have yeah. that on their either B2B or B2C website that they would like to personalize messages and they all hear all kinds of people tell them that if they don't personalize, they're going to die. And um, mm-hmm. if you're not segmenting, uh, if you're showing everyone the same message, I've actually heard it yesterday in, in uh, a keynote somewhere as well, is the, the, the claim being made. It's like, if you don't uh, segment, if you serve the same message to all your visitors, um, you won't survive in the end. And I think a lot of marketers are aware, but do you have like a, a, a plan or is there like a a, a, a plan in, in, or a framework that you use in which you help marketers to achieve that goal? Where where do they start and how do they proceed? Sure. I mean, it, it, it comes from making sure you're looking at the right data sets, right? And leveraging the ones that are available to you. And so there are organizations who have really robust data collection or the opportunity for robust data collection, maybe they're not fully harnessing it yet. But um, if you have that data, absolutely tapping into it, fusing it, accessing it, putting it into a platform where the appropriate users can can tease it out from there 100%. For many of our customers, you know, they have some piece of that puzzle, but not the entirety of it. And so we'll work with them to provide, you know, build out and provide those models so that they can start to look at what is a more targeted segment that's speaking to the individuals that they might have otherwise been missing. Because with that rich first party data, if you have the ability to access it or a partner who can, fantastic, you're good to go. I think that there's also, it's interesting, you know, third party data has so much potential. And as long as you can access it at scale, and you can parse through it at scale, that also has the ability to help. So we actually have a platform now, Affinio, that was originally built to work strictly across Twitter, believe it or not, um, which allows us to access over a billion data points uh, in a single search. We're able to do this quickly. We're able to do it efficiently. We're able to do it with a pretty limited, without requiring a high degree of technical acumen or or training. and then they're able to use some of the automations built into both the Twitter platform data set as well as our, our platform itself to identify some really tight clusters who are most likely to engage with and care about your brand. And so that's an instance where you may not, for an organization who's smaller or if you're an agency who's trying to fire things off really quickly across several different accounts simultaneously, you have the ability to learn a lot from this publicly available data that otherwise is, is going to feel really difficult to parse through. Um, and then that can ultimately provide you with effectively the world's largest focus group. 
And so we use that for a lot of our customers to say, you know, you may think that you're speaking to the right group based on everything from some organizations, their historical understanding of the audience, maybe some anecdotes or perceptions, maybe some past analytics, you know, consultant, you know, maybe they worked with a consultant in the past who said, this is who you should speak to, but it's a little out of date at this point. Um, but we can use that to refresh and test those theories and then help them redeploy work that is ultimately speaking to the individuals they need to speak to. So whether it's going that first party route, um, working with a, a model or a platform that's going to help you dig in there and know who is truly transacting or caring about your content, um, or on the third party route, it's just about identifying what is the data that the data set that you you are best set up to actually dig into and manipulate. What is the way that you can effectively do that quickly, making sure you have the process and team in place to do it, and then how can you make sure that you have the internal buy-in and confidence to then make some strong moves and stick out because. You know, I look at the you look at the holiday market alone right now, right? As we're we're all deep into that that Christmas lead up holiday spending spree. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, I saw a stat the other day. eMarketer was predicting one point two trillion dollars in media spend this year. So, in a market that is so deeply saturated, the only way to stick out is to be really really targeted, and the only way to do that is to make sure you're setting yourself up with either that first or third party or a combination of two data set that you're properly equipped to leverage um, and use to inform everything from creative to media to, to communication strategies. Love it. And especially um, the approach that you guys have where you're using the existing stack. So there's mm-hmm. not, we don't have to start by, by, by implementing new stuff first. Um, I'd like to make this as tangible as possible. So um, is there an example you can share for one of the customers that you have worked for so that the audience can fully see the potential of what's possible? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we work with a lot of the major agency, uh, ad agencies based in the U.S. right now. And so some of the, one of the agencies that we work with, um, you know, the big thing that they were struggling with was business development, as so many organizations are, right? It is incredibly difficult. Um, you know, I come from an agency background, and we've seen over the past 10, 20 years, the pitch process get tighter and tighter, um, especially since the pandemic. You're seeing a lot of, cl- uh, a lot of clients on the agency side are, are refusing to commit to anything beyond a six-month contract, you know, which means more pitching more often. It's expensive. It's difficult. And if you want to stick out, you have to show the best research. And so with some of the agencies that we worked with, one in particular, we've been able to cut down on the number of, of individuals who are working on that pitch by leveraging automations within the Affinio platform to mean that they can quickly and easily parse out who is the audience that we should be speaking to, and then making sure that that, that the creative media strategy going into that pitch is targeted to those individuals. So we're walking, you know, we have BD teams at these agencies who are able to walk into pitches and they are showing to the customer that they know more about the audience than the customer does themselves. And that immediately triggers to them and says, these folks really know me, they really care about me, and they're really going to execute great work. And in a world where it is truly dog eat dog for these ad agencies. They're really fighting for every inch. You need to be able to have that leg up. And also, we all know everybody's trying to, to prove that they are data backed, right? Everyone wants to show that. And so this is the ability to walk into a space and say, here is the proof in the pudding. Here is the real evidence that data is supporting all of our theses and can truly back the work that we're doing. Another anecdote I'll say is, uh, I, I always love to talk about Affinio because I was actually a user before I was with Now Vertical Group, before they were brought into the fold with us. 
Um, I actually used the platform at an agency I worked at and was working on a pitch. And um, a customer, a customer of mine, an older, more traditional brand, Fortune 50, wanted to figure out a way to speak to millennials. And this is, you know, this is about uh, eight years ago now, six years ago now. And so that was a really hot topic. We knew it was the single largest growing cohort of individuals. But the problem was the noise that existed on Twitter was primarily customer service complaints. And so they wanted to figure out, can we leverage this data source in a way that would allow us to use, because we we couldn't access their first party data. We wanted to use third party data to say, here's a smarter way to build a better campaign that's better targeted. And what we were able to do using the platform was um, parse out the you know, sift through the noise, find the real signals that existed in that conversation, which was still pretty large, even once you got rid of the customer service complaints and identified that um, there was a really clear cyclical monthly trend where people would always reach out about a certain topic for that brand. And it was a shipping company. And so people were always asking, talking about every month when their paycheck would come in, in the middle of the month, they would go and they would buy a lot of things. And then they would they would be excited about their package being shipped to them. So we started to celebrate that mid-month moment that we knew existed, where people were excited to buy that thing because their mid-month paycheck came through. And we rewarded them with some surprise and delight campaigns and engagement and saw a really strong increase in sentiment where otherwise all that social conversation was relatively negative in the past. And all of that came from identifying at scale who were the people who cared, what were the what were the, what was the kind of content that they were engaging with, and what were the topics that that really made them excited, and then building a campaign around that. And we did all that without employing a massive data science team. It was just using a platform and a smart application of third-party data to build a better creative campaign. Love it. Love it. And it, and it makes it very tangible. Um, one of the questions that I have when uh, and that I hear a lot come back from marketers is that when they start personalizing, they have a fear of the number of content pieces they might need to produce. So when you're segmenting and you're personalizing, you're putting your people into segments, right? Or, or audiences, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. What's your experience there? Do marketers need to invest a lot of time and and money into producing all kinds of different content pieces on over each channels, or are the changes relatively small? I think that little changes can ultimately make a big impact, and we see that. I think we see that a lot now, but especially as organic, you know, I'm thinking strictly just speaking strictly for a moment about social media, but like when we think about the way that we've seen the pay to play environment become such a big thing, we've seen that organic posting can only get you so far, right? It's, you do have to invest in paid and you have to do it in smart and surgical ways. And the benefit to that though, is that you can be hyper-targeted with the way that you're deploying that content. And it means that you can have relatively similar pieces of content with minor personalizations, as long as you do the necessary analysis up front. I think sometimes, you know, you run into that issue where an organization says, we're going to run the same ad or post, and we're just going to tweak the the subject of the of the copy so that it feels more direct so it's hey uh soccer moms or hey um you know busy so-and-so or whatever it is and they think that that's going to be enough to get them there and it's not really people people can see right through that but if you sit down again look at the input first and foremost uh, you know we we start by identifying 
who are the clusters within the audience that really matter? Then we can look at the overlap of the individuals who have the greatest niche input and impact on those groups. And then if we look at the center of that Venn diagram and create content that incorporates both the overlap and that personalization, then you end up with an ability to create some quick and fast content that is really easily scalable. Sorry, you're going to hear me use that word a lot because that is, I, I believe, a critical aspect of the marketer toolkit. But that scalable content that can have those smaller changes so that you're taking a little bit of the onus off and cost off of the content creation side of things, but see the impact itself increase substantially. Because often that pendulum swings too far in one direction or the other. No personalization or too much personalization. And this allows us to, to scale it quickly and smartly to allow you to do it all on a budget and also make sure that you are at the beginning of that process, building briefs that say, here are the ways that we can or can't overlap these conversations. Oh, that makes so much sense. So um, the final question that I have for you, and you, you might want to elaborate a little more, or if you want to bring up something, feel free. But the last question that I have um, might be a little devil advocates question, but um, when you're using the data and a lot of B2B and B2C marketers are using that data, um, the problem or the pitfall that you might fall into is to put the data central and not putting the customer central, uh, mm -hmm. which, which leads to a lot of data analysis. And in the end, uh, we forget about the customer. How, how do you keep that customer central while using the data? Uh, I would argue that those can, those can be one and the same if applied correctly, because when we talk about the data itself, it's about looking at the data should inform the audience and the audience should inform the interpretation. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that when we're looking at data points, we aren't just looking at um, engagement click metrics. We're not just looking at some of those things that are easily accessible, but that we're mapping it back to everything starting audience first on the audience level. And so knowing who your customer is, who your prospective customer is, and then associate and starting there and associating the data points with them versus taking that, that vice versa approach means that we're speaking to human beings um, and that we are respecting, that we're ultimately respecting human behavior. Because as we all know, marketing, advertising, it's an art and a science. And I think that if we start to think too much science, we do run into problems, but that's why, you know, the approach that we like to take on the segmentation and audience development side, um, whether it is in the predictive and prescriptive modeling and analytical space, or if it's looking at how do we, you know, introduce automations to help our customers really parse through and dig into a lot of that data. It's all about what are the audience personas that we want to engage with. Then next step, what is the data that we can use to understand those individuals and then say, how do we help make, you know, how can the customer, how can the brand make some really bold decisions here? So we're going to remove that roadblock. We're going to eradicate that risk and say, you can feel really confident with the data you have here, knowing that it started on the audience side first and foremost. Um, and then ultimately what comes out the other end is a campaign that is speaking to an individual in a smart way, but in one that we also know can have some predictive components to it because we're monitoring the data at every step in the process. Love it. Thank you so much for this interview, Cody. Is there anything I forgot to ask you or that you would like to share before we conclude? No, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I think at the end of the day, like I said, you know, our, our big focus is, is bringing this, this concept to life, is, is, is helping our customers through what we, we call vertical intelligence, which is 
um, really a response to more generalizable AI, artificial intelligence, but is really focused on creating these platforms and, and experiences that are about industry-specific solutions, taking that domain-centric software and proven industry expertise to, to ultimately execute on that. And in the context of marketing, like we've been saying, it's all about starting with the data that we know matters, looking at the audience members that we know matter, and then um, building out smarter, better understandings of that so that the campaigns, the creative, the media investments, and partnership opportunities all have positive ROI, um, and hopefully more positive ROI than you'd see otherwise. And so that's what we've really found in applying this across brand and agencies, brands and agencies across the world. Um, and it's something that we think has the opportunity to really help upskill the staff and technical stack that so many folks are working with. Um, so just appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and, and, and spread the gospel and, and enjoy the conversation. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're so, so welcome. It was great having you. So if you're a listener and you want to know more about this, if you want to contact Cody in the show notes, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile, as well as a link to Now Vertical's website. Um, and uh, don't forget to mention to Cody, if you link him on LinkedIn, that you've learned about him on the podcast, because like all marketers and all CMOs, you'll probably get a lot of requests daily on LinkedIn, and you're not probably not like accepting everyone so please mention you've learned about him on the marketing technology podcast and with that i'd like to thank you very much cody thank you so much i really appreciate it thanks for listening to this episode of the marketing technology podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or itunes also if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.